0: Good morning. I'm Aya Wiemala. Today's September 26th. Another beautiful day here in Northern Illinois. I hope you have beautiful weather where you are, and you've had a good day or you're going to have a good day. I have been listening to Gil Fronsdale And uh, I was just listening this morning to his meditation from yesterday morning. It's part five of the dharmic, karmic um, flow in our lives. And it's been such an enlightening series of talks and meditations. So the fifth one, he's been talking about the quality... And We can do it in our meditation and then try to carry it into our day of letting be. We often talk about letting go, letting go of things on our mind, letting go in terms of relaxing our bodies and relaxing our mind. And this talk was on letting be. And uh, it's it's very it's not only intriguing to me but it's really profound. And I've been going, I haven't been going through. I've been witnessing some things that have been very hard for me to let be. Kind of injustices happening to other people, to friends of mine, and it's been very hard to let it be. You know, at first it feels okay. There's something that's not right that's happening to this person, and uh, the first reaction is to want to fix it, want to do something about it, and not, not, and not feeling like there's much I can do. And talking about letting it be was really, has, has deeply uh, influenced me Because Gil's talking about letting it be is not needing to jump in or try to fix it or even like in a way kind of taking on that other person's karma. But what we can do, and we talk about this all the time, especially when practicing metta metta meditation and trying to live with that quality of loving kindness, It often is that we can become a refuge to others. Just our presence can become uh, more tranquil, more uh, uh, a stiller, calmer, peaceful presence. And that provides a refuge for others, provides a place for them to find those qualities as well. And I'm sure if you practice metta, you've seen that happening in in your life. And he's saying that that's often what we need to be doing when we feel that need to uh, jump in and try to fix something or right all the wrongs in the world. And so that letting be is a quality to observe and that's a way to deal with uh, with what we're finding unacceptable or hard to accept. So it can also be uh, the other issue, I think, for me is, as I see my mother getting moving towards a hundred years old, um, I find it hard. It's, I, I mean, it, it. I find it hard to think of losing her now, and uh, when we have, when we have really good days, when we talk on the phone, and uh, yesterday I felt like we had one of those days where we really connected and we shared something, and uh, I really felt like, oh, my mother's really here, really present, and it was just wonderful. And I had been missing that, I think. So if I can let it be, I can be, close, I can be closer to accepting the impermanence of her life and also accepting the impermanence of my life. So sometimes, in listening to Gil talk about this, letting it be, it's accepting those things that are just things we need to accept, and uh, it can be it can be not taking on someone else's issues, but being a refuge for them, and being there for them, but not trying to know their inner experience and how they're dealing with something. And it can also be letting it be when we really clearly see the realities of the world and of our lives, being able to let it be. And uh, I'm not even touching, tapping into really probably the essence of uh, Gil's talk and the meditation is really beautiful. But I wanted to share that with you. I really I'm watching them on YouTube, but uh, it's it this it is Insight Meditation Center, and he is in California, so uh, everything he's doing and his other teachers are doing are on YouTube, and it's Redwood uh, Insight. But it's I think you can subscribe to Insight Meditation Center and. It's all uh, these, all of his talks and meditations, and the ones from other teachers. They are also online, so I recommend them. But I really, I really want when we meditate today, I'd like uh, letting it be to be part of that practice, and it puts a totally different uh, spin on things. I think it is, it is a way to begin developing the quality of equanimity, or equipoise, where we don't let things throw us, where we see things. Equanimity is a kind of letting it be, Uh, like the serenity prayer in the twelve steps, to have the wisdom to see the difference between the things we can change and the things that we can't change. So. Uh, That's why I think it's uh, every time we can get a little closer to understanding that because our tendency as humans is usually, well, let's fix it. Let's go out and do something to fix this problem or fix this injustice. And sometimes we have to let things be. but, But the way we can help is from a deeper, more steady place. So, anyway, I just want to share that with you because it was really important to me. It is really important to me right now. But now let's get back. We have, uh, we have a, a nice uh, teaching today in our pilgrimage, the, the Pilgrim's Companion. And these are readings from the Buddhist text to enhance a pilgrimage to the sacred sites the sacred sites in India where the Buddha was born and where he gave his first sermon and uh, began the turning of the wheel and where he became enlightened and then the place where he died and achieved his uh, final enlightenment. So we're on day 18 of our 35 days. And this is a very famous teaching and uh, this one is The Blind Men and the Elephant. It's from the Udana 6 4. And then the reflection is on the 32 parts of the body. The Blind Men, the Blind Men, and the Elephant. One day in Jet- Jetavana, after finishing their meal, some bhikkhus approached the Buddha, paid homage to him, sat down to one side and said, Venerable Sir, sometimes on our alms rounds, we see wanderers of other, of other sects. These were other ascetics who were, uh, you know, all over India at that time. We see wanderers of other sects living around Sawati, who hold various views, beliefs, and opinions and who propagate those views. They are quarrelsome and disputatious and wound each other with verbal darts, such as the Dhamma is like this, it is not like that. And the Dhamma is not like this, it is like that. The Buddha said bhikkhus, wanderers of other sects, are blind and sightless. They do not know what is beneficial and harmful. They do not know what is the Dhamma and what is not the Dhamma. Formerly, there was a king in Sawati who asked a man to round up all the people in the city who were blind from birth. When the man had done so, the king asked him to show the blind men an elephant. To each of the blind men, the man presented only one part of the elephant's body, not to all of them, but to, but to all of them he said, "This is an elephant." Then the king went to the blind men and said, Tell me, blind men, what is an elephant like? Those who had been shown the head of the elephant replied, An elephant, your majesty, is like a water jar. Those who had been shown the ear replied, An elephant is like a winnowing basket. Those who had been shown the tusk replied, An elephant is like a spear. Those who had been shown the trunk replied an elephant is like a snake. Those who had been shown the body replied an elephant is like a storeroom." Those who had been shown the tail replied an elephant is like a rope. Those who had been shown the tuft of the tail replied an elephant is like a brush. The blind men began fighting with each other shouting An elephant is like this, it is not like that. They even resorted to fighting with their fist. Seeing this, the king was delighted. In the same way, the wanderers of other sects are blind and sightless, and thus they become quarrelsome, disputatious, and wrangling, and they wound each other with verbal darts." I love this story. Most of us have heard a similar uh, story when we were children, right? Of the, the blind men and the elephant. It, we weren't taught it as a, a, a Buddhist story, but it was, it's part of our folklore as well, and part of our um, stories we learn. And what do we learn about it? Is that we all see different parts of reality, and we all see them in our different ways. So that quarreling is useless. Uh, none of them see the entire picture. So the parts that they see, it makes sense for them to interpret it the way they did, but they're not recognizing that there are all these different aspects of all the, all truth. So they haven't, found, they haven't found the teacher who lacks the sense that they are all missing. So the reflection, which is an interesting to put with the story about the elephants, I think I like this positioning. The reflection for today, the thirty-two parts of the body, and this is uh, this is the traditional way that's taught in the four foundations of mindfulness and other places where the traditional meditation of the parts of the body. So. Uh, we we often change it. And when I had the Four Foundations of Mindfulness class with Biko Analeo, the way I usually lead this is the way he taught it, which is he's really uh, scanning the body for skin, flesh, and bones, and you move through the body, kind of picking up all of these parts. So, why don't you close your eyes and we'll do this as our meditation, as the beginning of our meditation. This is a body scan on the 32 parts of the body. And we can use the at time together after we do this scan. So, you can sit in that comfortable position or be on your back, uh, use any kind of ways you need to make your body feel comfortable but if, if you're standing or sitting or lying on your back or uh, you're in bed, you can make your back, your spine, feel uh, lifted up. Let, be, let the vertebrae be uh, lifted apart from each other so you can feel that lengthening, so your lungs have the maximum space to breathe, so your breath is, is good and then just be aware of the body breathing. and Keep relaxing your body. The body is made up of hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinew, bone, marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, intestine, mesentery, stomach, excrement, brain, bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, lymph, tears, serum, saliva, nasal mucus, synovial fluid, urine. Now we go back up through the body. Urine, synovial fluid, nasal mucus, Saliva, Serum, Tears, Lymph, Sweat, Blood, Pus, Phlegm, Bile, Brain, Excrement, Stomach, Mesentery, Intestine, Lungs, Spleen, Diaphragm, liver, heart, kidneys, marrow, bone, sinew, flesh, skin, teeth, nails, hair of the body, hair of the head. Know that Here, there is nothing pure, lasting, or reliable. All is subject to change and to disillusion. All of these parts of the body, the aggregates that make up the body, that's that's form. Nothing pure, nothing lasting, nothing reliable. All is subject to change and to disillusion. That's the impermanence of the human body. So, accepting our impermanence is, uh, I think, an ongoing process depending on the age we are, depending on what we're going through in our lives, um, and it—I think—it's—it's—it's it's, it's impact is kind kind of uh, uh, comes back to us, and we have to work through it at different points in our lives. And um, I just read this morning, uh, Pema Chodron has a "Through Sounds True" is doing. Uh, it's a it's an audio uh, program, but it's on. It's a welcoming change, and I think it's talking about uh, mostly about end of life change. So it seems like it's a very reasonable price. You might want to check it out. It sounds true. She's a good teacher, and she's in the Tibetan tradition. But her teaching is really has been very helpful. And welcoming the unwelcome was the book that we read for. Uh, book club, the first book. And I think it was appreciated by everyone. So I think a lot of what she talks about might be in this audio program. So I interrupted our meditation, didn't I? Hmm. So let's sit. Let's take a few more minutes just sitting together. Be aware of the body breathing. Be aware of what's going on around you. What's happening right now. Be aware of what's happening within you. And let's just sit now for a few minutes with this phrase let it be and this doesn't mean we are uh, shirking any responsibilities that we are not being a noble friend. This means we are letting things be the way they are without jumping to fix them or change them or right, right the wrongs. Sometimes that may be beyond our abilities or we're not seeing clearly. but we can be a place of refuge, a place of calm. We can bring that equanimity into our presence. we can be the refuge We can be the calm voice, we can be the cool water, the shade of a tree on a hot day. We can listen. We can let our opinions and our viewpoints just be. Just let them go and let them be. We don't need to add to the chaos. Just let it be. Like to end our time together by sharing merit. May everything that we do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefit but for the benefit of all living beings everywhere. And may you be well and happy and peaceful And be a refuge to yourself and a refuge to everyone who comes into your presence. Be the place of calm. Thank you so much. I'll be here Tuesday. See you Tuesday.